What's up, you beautiful people? This is Gary Horn, and this, this is the NWA, a podcast celebrating the past, present, future, history, legacy, and tradition of one of the greatest pro wrestling entities of all time. I'm talking about that National Wrestling Alliance. And this is another interview, folks. I mean, one of my favorite parts about doing this show is the interview time that I get with some of the greatest professional wrestlers or entertainers. I'm still sticking with professional wrestlers, but in the business today, and one of the ones I've been wanting to get to talk to, I finally got a chance, and that is Mr. Sal Renaro. You've seen Sal if you've watched NWA Power. In fact, he was on the very first NWA power match ever so that's kind of cool and Sal has been off and on throughout the show and in fact involved in a very serious angle here recently before all of whatever this is all of the quarantine stuff uh, Sal has been involved in a big love triangle I guess you'd call it uh, between May Valentine Royce Isaacs and himself and in fact over the next few weeks that's going to be uh, the focus of the interviews we're going to be uh, talking to Sal Renaro Royce Isaacs and May Valentine so I hope you guys stick around for all of that and are intrigued but all of that out of the way Sal just on his own has been wrestling since the 90s he's already had quite a career but this is maybe a chance for him to really explode onto the mainstream scene He's been in independent wrestling for as long as you've probably been watching independent wrestling. So uh, I think a lot of you guys know Sal. A lot of you have asked for Sal. And, uh, well, we finally got him. And I have to say, I didn't know what to expect. He seems kind of crazy when you see him in the ring. But Sal was a lot of fun to talk to. I really, really enjoyed it. And you'll be able to tell in this interview, obviously, because it's a pretty in-depth one. Sal doesn't have a lot of in-depth interviews out there. So it was cool to finally uh, get to be the person, I guess, to help make that happen. We get to name drop a lot of characters and roles he's played in wrestling throughout the interview. I think it's a lot of fun. I think you guys are going to enjoy it. But please, by all means, if you do enjoy it, let me know. Let Sal know. This one kind of ends on a cliffhanger, so maybe we get to have Sal again. Before I get to that interview, it is worth a mention that this podcast is now sponsored. So if you wouldn't mind, allow me to just tell you a little bit about our friends over at manscaped.com. Listen, we've all been there. We're all in quarantine. You know what's going down. You're, you're trapped. My beard's just growing out. My hair's growing out. Where are you going to go to get a haircut? How are you going to do all this? Uh, most people, unless you're balding or something like that, can't really give yourself a haircut. But one place you don't want to get wild, especially if you're living with someone, and who knows what this quarantine's going to bring, but my guess is a lot of, maybe a new baby boom? Who knows? I don't know. But I'm just saying that if you're stuck in quarantine with a loved one, you want to make sure you're taking care of the family jewels. So that's where your friends over at manscaped.com come in, especially at this time. They are still shipping. You can still get their excellent products. If you've ever tried to do this on your own in the shower or above the toilet or wherever you do it with any other kind of trimmer or a straight razor, God help you, uh, you know that nicks and cuts are a problem. So just trust me when I tell you it would mean the world to us if you would consider our friends at manscaped.com who keep stuff like this show going. They recognize your problems, right? That's why Manscaped's redesigned the electric trimmer altogether. The engineering team literally talked to these people 
example, the engineering team took 18 months and perfected the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. And that's a weird statement to have to make, but these are important things. Uh, you gotta check out the Lawnmower 3.0. It's a third generation trimmer. It's got a ceramic blade. They've got this skin safe technology on there. So they are here to take care of you. You know you need to trim up down there, fellas. I'm just telling you, this is the only way to do it. You gotta go to manscaped.com. And when I tell you it's premium, I mean premium. The battery's gonna last up to 90 minutes, so you can take as long as you want and sculpt it just the way you want. You wanna get Elvis sideburns or uh, build yourself a little afro or I don't know. I don't know what you're gonna do down there and I don't, I don't need pictures or anything. I'm just telling you, this thing will last for the entire shave and give you exactly what you wanna do. Plus, it's got quiet stroke technology. You wanna hide the times you do it? Uh, well, it's a super quiet device, so wife's asleep, girlfriend's asleep, you can sneak off take care of business, and she can wake up to a nice surprise. And now, I have the Lawnmower 2.0, and it didn't have this, but the 3.0 now comes with a charging stand, so it just tucks safely away whenever you're not using it, and it's ready to go when you need it. But look, I, I could talk about this all day because it's not only is it fun, uh, but it's actually accurate information. But I'll tell you what, the easiest way for you to do this is to just go ahead and find out for yourself. Just experience the thing, and trust me, these guys stand behind their product, and I'm gonna be honest, I stand behind it too. And if you go over to manscaped.com and you use the code NWAPOD, that's N-W-A-P-O-D, you can get 20% off of everything over there. So just go check it out. You'll be helping the show out, and you'll also be helping yourselves out. It would mean a lot for us if you went over there and did that. That's NWAPOD over at manscaped.com. Take your 20% off. Try out all kinds of stuff they got over there. They got lotions and ball deodorant. You know you need some ball deodorant. But anyway, I'm going to stop talking about it now. Manscaped.com, NWAPOD. All right, and uh, thank you very much for taking a second to listen to that promo. I hope you guys genuinely do go check it out. Uh, that's going to lead us right into this conversation with Sal Renaro. As always, I am at This Is Gary Horn. The podcast is at The NWA Pod. If you're feeling very generous, uh, we had to revamp the whole YouTube channel. We're starting from scratch. It would be cool if you click the link in any of those bios. Go subscribe on YouTube. Make sure you're subscribed on the podcast feed. You can give us a five-star review, which gets us in front of more and more people. Honestly, if you like what you hear, things like the Manscape thing, things like the subscriptions, they mean a lot to us. And all we can do is ask, but uh, I do appreciate you. But enough of all of that stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, here he is, Mr. Sal Renaro. <laughs> Just, I just talked to Caleb Conley. and I love Caleb. Yeah, yeah, and he's a good guy. But, you know, what's funny with, with like, the NWA, you know, we strictly talk about NWA stuff, and it's, it's interesting. Like, I guess some people might think that when the fan base wants to hear from somebody, a lot of times it's always, you know, who, whoever's the biggest superstar possible. Is he yeah, yeah. You know, and I don't mean that with any offense, but you know, like with with NWA, you'd think maybe like, oh, they want to hear Nick Aldis, who we've we've had, but the people that get requested the most, I was telling Caleb the same thing, are, are guys like you and Caleb, like you, awesome. Caleb, and Trevor Murdoch. Those are the people. 
people want to hear from. They want to know more about you guys. So I, I really well, I, I I actually think it's because there's a lack of. I mean, Nick Aldis. I mean, I love Nick. Let's let's leave with that. But like, you can you can listen to 800 different podcasts with Nick. He's he's not hard to access. Where you know, there's not a lot of sour Naro podcasts going, which is just a shame. But <laughs> well, maybe we'll turn that trend around right here. Yeah, tonight. yeah. Let's get let's get this ship in the right waters. <laughs> Yeah, because you, you have been around a while, dude, and you've been doing this a long time, and, and I look, so that's where I was going, is I was, I, was, I was trying to be thorough with looking you up, and there's not, you know, like a lot of in-depth Sal Renaro interviews. And, no, yeah. And if you go on YouTube, you can go down quite the rabbit hole. I've seen so many Sal Renaro matches now. I'm sorry for all of them. <laughs> but I've also, I also ran into uh, Sal Renaro versus a snapping turtle. Yes, yes, the legendary, the epic battle. <laughs> I was like, "What is this? Is this the Sour Naro?" <laughs> and it definitely is. You and you and Flip Flops tried to pick up a snapping turtle. I was. It was. There was a snapping turtle in my driveway. That is not a common occurrence. <laughs> Where are you out of? Like what state or whatever? I'm in Georgia. Yeah, so you are in Georgia. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm in. I'm. I'm in the big city of Macon. So. Oh, that's awesome! I grew up in uh, Waycross. That's uh... oh, okay, yeah. I know that. I know that area probably too well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then also, uh, there was a Sal Renaro freestyle rapping. Yes, hotel. I watched. Yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. That was that was the night of an NWA Wildside TV taping. So uh, yeah. Biggest takeaway from that one for me was that you would kick someone in the balls if they're a Star Wars nerd. Which is not why would I say such a thing? I love Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you were just pulling. I don't know how freestyle rapping really works or how you got into it, but uh, it seems like you're just pulling with like whatever is nearby that you can make no, rhyme. No, one hundred percent. I'm playing with my environment. What is what was that? What what even calls that video? Really? Is that something you do or did? Well, yeah, well, yeah that's the thing. It's it's, it's funny because like you know he made it work for him, but like. One of the ways I got over in the wild side locker room is I could freestyle. So like I would just there was a couple of us in the back because like it's when I started in wild side, there was definitely two generations because when I started there, it was still uh, the WCW developmental territory. So there were like the guys that were like, this is my job. I'm a pro wrestler. You know, blah, 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 blah. The, the Bob Saps and the Chuck Palumbos and the St Sean Stasiaks and the AJ Styles. And then there was the younger kids that were just like, I want to be a pro wrestler when I grow up. Right. And I got over, you know, like I, I so I hung out with all of them, like because it's crazy. Like it was I, it was a good group of probably six to ten of us that were all under 20. And uh, one of the ways I got over is they found out I could. I could halfway freestyle. So we would sit in our little, you know, underage corner and, you know, probably every other week to be like, you know, someone would drop a beat and just say, you know, Sal's freestyle. So I would, I would just do it. And so that was just one of those nights we were hanging out. They put the camera on and said freestyle. So I was like, okay. <laughs> was what was one of the kids in the corner, John Cena, and he totally ripped off your gimmick? Yeah, he totally did it. I I, I wholeheartedly believe he was like, wait a minute. <laughs> There's something there. Let me finish these 500 reps, and I'm going <laughs> to jot this down. 
what are you trying to say, Sal? You got a you got a good physique too, man. I see. I see. Yeah. You, you've uh, you've been like you've been hitting the gym a lot, and you you uh, have picked up the social media game. I've noticed. Yeah, you know, I've after after years of tongue lashings from friends, I was like, if you'll stop talking to me, I'll post stuff social media. I was always of the pretense that like nobody cares, like nobody cares what I have for dinner, you know, like right. And I mean, it was constant. Like the only reason I had a Facebook was my ex-wife wanted to have my name in blue. So when like it says married to someone could click on link, uh, click on the link. Like I never, ever started. I like, I never did my Facebook page. Like ever. that was all, all my ex-wife, but I just kind of had it. Well, the NWA seems like they're, they're kind of, all in on that sort of thing. So I've been seeing like a lot of you, you guys uh, showing up on social media and stuff. Yeah, kind of- yeah. And that's kind of what's convinced me is like, I don't want to say like, this is my last shot, but like, this is a really great opportunity. And I kind of want to seize it at every Avenue that I can. And the social media platform has worked well for them. So uh, I might as well jump on and see what I can do. Yeah, no, that, that makes perfect sense, man. I mean, it, it doesn't, I, I totally get where you're coming from because I used to be the same way, but like people enjoy the journey. Like people like seeing the journey for someone. And I think that's a part of the reason they, they get behind a guy like you that they know they're like, I've, I've seen him before. I've seen him all over the place. And, yeah. Uh, and it, it'd be interesting to know who that guy is and what he's about. And, and, and that's kind of what we do on, on this show too. Like uh, Adam and I, the guy that uh, we, we just started doing the live after shows for NWA and all that stuff. Um, We were kind of the same way. Like we've always loved wrestling and wanted to do something with wrestling. And then it finally came to a point where it was like, well, neither of us are going to be a wrestler, but the least we could do is just put it out there and talk about wrestling. And you find that there's like people that, want to go along for that ride and see it so yeah no it's funny because like my buddy and i uh i got a buddy that works out of georgia and he and i forever have talked about doing a podcast right and like my brilliant idea is because when the network started we just kind of decided hey we're going to start watching all the raws in in order you know the pay-per-views that coincide and when we get to 95 we'll add in the nitros and the clashes and wcw pay-per-views nice and we got deep into, I mean, we're, we're, I'm, I'm talking like, you know, Scott Hall's coming down to interrupt <laughs> Mike Enos. And I was like, man, we should probably just do one of these a week. Cause the conversation, you know, like we would just converse amongst ourselves. And a lot of times it was at shows where guys would listen, you know, guys would stop what they were doing to listen to, cause like just our different takes, especially like I lived it. And now I'm rewatching it. So it's not like this is none of it's new to me, but it's being watched with new eyes. Right. And so my take on things like, oh, I remember loving this as a kid. And now I'm like, oh, this is the worst or vice versa. And so guys would like stop what they're doing. And like, this is more entertaining than the show. <laughs> so we had, we had talked about podcasting because we just thought like, you know, someone might want to, you know, people might be interested, but we're just lazy sacks of crap. So, <laughs> well, yeah, and I mean, I mean, but but you're 100 percent right. I mean, and and half of it's just just putting it out there, yeah, getting it together and going because it's not, you know, I mean, you can just with your phone just record something and put it out there. But I get it; it's it's hard. Uh, one of the reasons my buddy Adam and I work together so well is he's like way more gung ho, just like 
get it done and put it out there. And I'm more like perfectionist, like, Oh yeah. Yeah. That would be me. Yeah. I, I go, I call, I bring myself to a stalemate. So it takes like somebody that's like pushing you to just make sure it's out there. But, but people to, to back to your point, I mean, people, yeah. With the guy who's been in the industry doing the stuff, like seeing what you've seen. I, I absolutely think there'd be interest in something like that. Just to, hear your take on what you're seeing and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, especially since like, uh, like I have, a, I, I like to, you know, like I'm a very positive guy. So like, I'm not even pro, like I don't like to bury people as much as like, Oh, that was the worst, but you know, like I'll always try to find that silver lining. No, so uh, I, I, I don't, I don't want to tear up people's childhoods. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I think that's another, another brilliant thing too, though, because I mean, I don't know if you've seen this guy. He's shown up on the NWA shows if you watch him on YouTube. Like in, uh, he he was at the beginning, but uh, Wrestling Days, um, they threw him on like before some of the episodes. He's like the British yeah. guy who yells. Yeah. <laughs> that guy. So for a living, like I mean, I, he just watches wrestling and talks oh. about it during the shows, and like people people love him and they subscribe to his channel and and he's doing well with just that and it's and i i think one of the the things that gets him over with people a lot more than some people who might talk about wrestling is he's also always excited he's always positive like he's never you know just completely crapping on anything he's seeing you know even if yeah. he doesn't like it that much or he disagrees with it he's he's just happy to be watching wrestling and i think i think there's a place for that i think people like that positive side of things oh yeah well especially since like my take is very so like there are guys that like people would not expect so like i'm an unabashed ahmed johnson fan just nice. love He's just my dude, man. Like, as a kid, I dug Ahmed Johnson. As an adult, I like him even more. Like, he's just—he's my dude. And people are like, "What? What? How? Like, you know? Like, no, you—you're you're small, and you're supposed to like cruiserweight wrestling and high spots. I'm like, man, yeah. Uh, Ahmed Johnson will waylay a dude in the buckle for twenty minutes straight. Let me watch. Like, I look, and there's always, I always use this as, uh, as my theory too. It's like with wrestling, we're supposed to, you like, you're always like, man, is that guy hurt? Is that guy hurt? Is that guy hurt? With Ahmed Johnson, there's always that sense of, oh, he's hurting him. Like, yeah. I know, I know that Godwin's Body Donna's match was the work, but. Like, he for shoot just Pearl River plunge that dude for no reason. <laughs> I was about to say, man, the Pearl River plunge was was an awesome finisher, and and I yeah. I grew up with like figures. I remember I had Ahmed Johnson. I I, I liked Ahmed. He had a good look yeah. and everything. I'm, yeah, no, he was the, he was the best. And it's uh, I'm buddies with Chris Hero, and Chris Hero's had a bunch of different interactions with Ahmed Johnson. And he always ups, updates me on his Ahmed stories. And I'm like, this, this was worth all of it. <laughs> is, he, is he still like hanging out in wrestling circles or is he? Because I haven't seen no, anything out of that. Guy. No, not at all. But like he'll pop up. He'll like he'll he'll randomly message Chris Hero maybe once every three months. Oh, nice. <laughs> for no reason. Yeah. And and like he'll screenshot it and send it to me. And like the the way he messages people are just like his promos. 
<laughs> you can't understand those either. I'm like, this is the best. He's everything I wanted him to be. That's perfect. That's yeah. That's got to be even better. Okay, so I was looking this up. I'm I'm curious about this because you uh, you're talking about like you loving Ahmed Johnson. So when did if you look in one place that says you started in like '98, and one place I saw said 2000. I think like Wikipedia said 2000. When did you start? Well, I, I started I started training in 96 unofficially. So, like, that's the whole thing is, like, I tell people all the time, I did this the wrong way. As far as training goes, I 100% am that guy that, like, oh, don't be that guy. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, I found that there was a show that ran three blocks away from my house. Uh, this was in 96. I was 13 years old. But it was thir- it was three blocks from my house, so like I, it was the Boys and Girls Club, so I could walk there. So whenever they would run shows, I was there. Like if you know, say they were running a show Saturday, I'm at the building at ten o'clock, just waiting for human beings to arrive. And after like the third or fourth time, they were like, "Hey, do you mind helping? You know, set up the ring, set up chairs, you know." And I'm enamored with pro wrestling, so it's you know. I will do anything for anybody. Like I'll set up the whole ring by myself and the chairs and pay for my ticket. You know, <laughs> like I just want to, to be associated in any way. And uh, the whole, the whole trade-off was, you know, after about two months, once the ring was set up, I was allowed to get in the ring, you know, and, uh, 13 year old kid, like, Oh my God, I, this is, this is everything I've ever wanted. Nice, so like, I like they let you wrestle. You mean like you, you? Well, well, just like before the show, I could get in the ring and run the ropes and do whatever you know a thirteen-year-old kid would do in a wrestling ring. Gotcha. But then guys were kind of like you know like they would want to try out moves, but they didn't want to bump each other. So they're like, hey, we'll bump the kid. So like that's how I learned how to bump was so guys didn't have to. Nice. And I I it kind of went on like that for 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 a couple of years, and then uh. In '98, there was a battle royal, and they were just like, "Hey, you want to, you want to be in it?" I was like, "Uh, yeah." So they put me under a hood, and you know, I just did battle royal stuff. I was in and out like, you know, four minutes, but it was just, it was everything I'd ever wanted, you know. And I mean, I'm 15 years old. I'm probably a buck 25, and 90 pounds of that is hair. Uh, <laughs> But like I'm pro wrestling, you know, and so like uh, I got to I got to do a couple spots here and there, and then I moved out to Georgia, and the whole my whole plan, you know, as a brilliant 15 year old person was, oh, I'll move to Georgia and I'll get on at the power plant and I'll be working the towns with Evan, Evan Courageous for the cruiserweight title in no time, right? Uh, <laughs> logically. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, you'll be in three count. Yeah, I mean, you'll you'll yeah, do the yeah, round. Yeah. I was gonna be, I was gonna be the guy that brought together the no limit soldiers in three count. I mean, it just, <laughs> it kind of just writes itself when you think about it, right? Exactly. Uh, so, uh, but when I got here, you know, like I didn't have any connection, so I had to kind of hustle to get connections. So, like, I did like eight matches in '98, and then by the time I got connections and got in and got to do matches in Georgia. It wasn't until 2000. 
Okay, I got you. So that that's why, yeah, there's conflicting. Like I've seen, I've had that before where people are like, "When'd you start?" I was like, I'm, "Honestly, nobody knows." Like, <laughs> <laughs> just see, yeah, just make it up. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Nineteen oh six. Me and Lincoln were hitting. <laughs> You went after it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. His brother had a stiff headlock. <laughs> so in that time, I, I was looking. At, sorry, I'm just gonna do this because, uh, like we said beforehand, there's there's not a, a there's not a lot of Sal Renaro info out there. But I was looking through this, and this this may be the most extensive name list I've seen. Oh. Like, like uh, El Chico Loco, is that legit? Yep. Yeah. yeah, I was, I, I, uh, I had, I, I was doing a gimmick where I had a hood on and I, I had the long hair then too, but I would pull my long hair through the mouthpiece. So it looked like I had like a Yosemite Sam mustache. <laughs> what brought that on? Like why, why, like what made that decision for you? That was just to, to stand out. Yeah. Yeah. Just something different. I mean, it, I did it initially. So like, it was another one of those things where uh, a, a battle royal, probably my arch nemesis is the battle royal, just where all my troubles began. <laughs> uh, I was I was on a show and it was light. So like I was double dipping in the battle royal. So, you know, I, I was yeah, I, I kind of got dumped early and they were sending me back out in a hood. And so when I put the hood on, I just pulled my hair through just to pop myself. And one of the guys saw it was like, Oh my God, that's brilliant. I was like, I know. That's why I did it. <laughs> so, and, yeah, and so I just kind of ran with it because why not? What else I got going on? Of course, I'm <laughs> the mustachioed El Chico Loco. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. So, wait, I, I, I to back up for just a second, did you get like, I mean, I know you talked about in the, in the ring, but like, did you, 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 ha- you, you had to have had like formal training though, too. No, none. 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 It was, I was, that's the thing. Like I said, children do not try this at home. (laughs) Go to, go to school, learn what you're doing, please. (laughs) Oh my God. You just just learned by getting your ass kicked by the vets. Yeah, no, I got bumped around. I I would get bumped around and then, you know, every once in a while they throw me a bone and like, Hey, this is, and keep in mind, I've also, so like I'm a self, uh, anointed wrestling nerd like just super nerd everything i i would watch would find a way yeah eventually i would tie it into wrestling or i was just watching wrestling or i was reading about wrestling or you know like i've got stacks and stacks of magazines still from the early 90s of of inside wrestling and pro wrestling illustrated and wrestle america and you know obviously the wwf magazine and wcw i mean i just I couldn't get enough with it. I loved. I mean, and I still definitely do. But like, as a as a kid, that was my thing. Like, oh, I'm just gonna be a wrestler. Like, I never. There was never a question in my brain. Uh, like, oh, you know, I also like hockey. Or you know, I was like, uh, I have other interests. But I mean, pro wrestling by far trumps all of it. It's not even close. I, it's so, it's crazy to me to hear you talk about that just because like I I'm listening to you and 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 not to cut you off but like I I in the next room to me there is a box full of wrestling magazines that my wife keeps being like will you go through this and figure out what you want to do with this and so I'm I'm hearing you talk about it and I'm like 
man, what is the thing that makes like Sal Renaro oh, yeah. get off his ass and go actually do something? And and me during that time is like wrestling is the greatest thing of all time, but I just kind of love it from a distance. You know what I mean? You you were you were smart enough to, to just love it from a distance. <laughs> Yeah, it was either be a pro wrestler or be an action figure, and I, <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't have enough rubber in my joints, so it was, I was, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, so like I learned a lot just by watching. So you know, there were certain, there were certain things that, and I've always kind of had this, like the guys that know me have always said, oh, well, you know, you just, you just pick up, you, you're a very, you're a sponge, you remember everything you know, this, that, and the third, but it's because I've, I've been watching it incessantly. It's, it's pounded into my brain. So like a guy showed, so Louis Piccoli, uh, you know, uh, Louis, oh, yeah. Louis Piccoli, right? so he's the one who taught me how to do a collar and elbow tie up. Okay. Uh, and it was one time and it was, you know, it was before one of those shows and I, you know, I'd already been doing the bumping for three or four months and he was just like, do you know how to do anything else? And I was like, I haven't been taught. And he goes, well, let me teach you the most important part. We did a collar and elbow tie up one time. And I was like, oh yeah, I know that. I've seen 800 millions of these. And that was the, that was it. That was the one like, okay, this is how you do it. And then a lot of the chain wrestling aspects of it, like I've had them fine tuned by people, but it was just stuff I knew. Like, oh yeah, you go from here to here to here to here. And it's just me in the ring finding stuff out it's just crazy to hear that story because like i mean one of the things that people would know you by and uh don't worry i've got more of these names i'll just throw them in oh yeah no, you're guys. good I, yeah. I think that'll be fun but uh you know you're on the wrestling road diaries with like colt cabana and and brian, brian Anderson. yes the um, greatest wrestler of our generation yeah. yeah right and so like you see not to even knock colt because i think Colt, you know, for all the flack he gets for being like a comedy wrestler too, is is a really good wrestler. And yes. uh, you could tell these guys like worked their asses off and trained and had you you assume some formal training. So to hear you just tell the story about like you just kind of were like, I don't know. I guess we'll we'll get it. James Storm uh, says shit it and get it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's the same thing, you know, and it no, and it's it's always those. This thing is, and I, it's surreal to me. Like, if you Google my name, Brian Danielson's name comes up, and I was just like, "We are." Like, I love Brian. I just saw him. Uh, I, I I did a loop for WWE for in September. I did Clash of the Champions Raw and SmackDown. Brian was at Clash but wasn't booked, so we had about an hour and a half long talk, just catching up and. Just the fact that I could even be in a conversation where his name is mentioned is still surreal to me. Like, the fan in me is just like, this is the best pro wrestler of his generation. Exactly. Like, yeah. he's just, I mean, there's nothing he can't do. If Even if I'm 515th on the list of guys that you associate with Brian Danielson, I'm still on that list. Like, that's that's a surreal to my brain and and like cabana too it's funny because before i had met cabana jimmy rave's the one who who introduced me to cabana because jimmy was going up north before i was and he was like dude you got to meet this guy he's he's so much like you uh 
blah, 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 blah. And so when we finally met each other, it was like WrestleMania nine with the two doinks. <laughs> <laughs> but like, but then like he would start breaking down matches and he would see things that I couldn't even like, Oh my God, you're a genius. Like, please don't stop talking ever, you know, <laughs> except for when I'm flipping the page on my notebook. Like, right, right. And it's funny. That's the thing is like, I'll hear Cabana. I've heard the, you know, the knock. Oh, he's a comedy guy. Well, that's his niche. But if you watch a Colt Cabana match from beginning to end, it's not just, you know, one bad joke and go home. Like, he's really good when it comes to pro wrestling. Uh, I think I said it on the documentary. And I honestly, I've never watched the Wrestling Road Diaries. I lived it. So right. <laughs> no, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. But like, I've, I've never, uh, I've never watched the final product, but I know I said during shooting it, like I would never say it to these two guys face, but like, I genuinely like admire Brian and Cabana. Like I just, I look up to them in so many different ways. Okay. Well, see, and he's one of the first guys I saw really incorporate the British style over here too. Yeah. Uh, which is such a unique uh, the thing is like, and that's where I, that's one thing I really enjoy about being such a fan is like, I love the British style. I love the Japanese style. I love the Lucha Libre style. I love the, the traditional, like the, the Southern style. Cause like when I first moved to Georgia, I didn't know there was a Southern style of wrestling, okay. you know, like I kind of just knew TV wrestling. Right. And so, like, learning about the Memphis style of wrestling, like, I love all of it. And Cabana is one of those guys that can incorporate so many different aspects of it. Uh, so, yeah, for him to get knocked as just being a comedy guy, he just it, it's always baffled me. Yeah, yeah. But that's just, I mean, that's just the way of it. Some, I don't know. Some people, like, they're wrestling really serious and some people are just there to have fun. And I, I don't know. It, it's, it's, a, it's a weird mix. I... You know, yeah. the, the NWA has been a, a beautiful place to me because it, it seems like a lot of the fan bases, a lot of people coming back into wrestling, you know, it's just like WCW went away or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Funny, just living in Georgia, like I was, like I said, I was at Wildside when it was still a WCW developmental. A, I'm very old now. <laughs> I am basically a great grandfather. But B, like I've seen so many different people try to recapture that fan base you know i can't tell you how many promoters i've heard the well you know we've got the golden goose and we're gonna get that wcw market that left when when vince bought everything and i've just seen it come and go by the wayside but like the first time i walked into the studios uh I mean, A, when you walk into those studios, it's just like when Bill and Ted landed to get Genghis Khan. I mean, like, it is totally like I'm I'm walking out of the phone booth. It took me aback. I could not believe how, how – like, it's just such a magical environment. And this, this is before there was even a crowd, you know? This was literally – I walked into the, the empty building. It was just like, oh, there's something here. Yeah. Uh, but then it, once the people get there and I think they feel it too. I, there's, there's just, there's a magic in the air that I can't even really verbalize, but like, it's so cool because you're in a way back machine, but you're not in a way back machine because it's not like everybody's working like it's 1982. 
it's just it's a, such a really really cool deal that they got going on at the NWA. You're you're it, absolutely right. I totally agree, and I'm going to dig into that more. But first, Fast Eddie. So that's that's the one that I get. I wasn't Fast Eddie. Oh Fast, well, that was on this list, man. Don't I know? Me. No, I. Don't... I, I, I I, I somebody called me that. Uh, I did a, a podcast with somebody had mentioned Fast Eddie. I'm not Fast Eddie. I managed Fast Eddie. Oh, uh, here, here's a here's a quick story about Fast Eddie. You'd appreciate, I think, or not. Somebody, 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 <laughs> somewhere will appreciate the story. I, so 100%. Fast, Fast Eddie was legitimately like his good eye was 2200. You know, so like we're supposed to have 2020 vision. His good eye was 2200. What? Uh, but uh, I, so I managed him at Wildside, and uh, I had this great vignette that I ran by Bill Barrett's one night that he completely was not going to. He didn't even let me film it, much less let it make air. But the whole shot was th- there were two girls in the back. You know, they're talking up their tag match, and Fast Eddie and I walk up. So I'm chatting up. I'm chatting up one lady. And while I'm doing that in the background, you can kind of see Eddie making eyes at the other one. So I'm talking to the girl and Eddie and the girl exit stage left. I'm like, well, hey, now that we're alone, uh, what do you think about hanging out with Sauronaro? And the girl goes, in your dreams. And I go, in my dreams, you're like 20 pounds lighter. (laughs) She's totally stolen from Ninja Turtles 2, by the way, because <laughs> she, she slaps me. I drop because I'm going to put the girl over. Right. But she slaps me. I drop when I drop fast. Eddie comes back into the screen. Big smile fixing his belt. And I go, oh, that's why they call you fast, Eddie. Oh, nice. <laughs> and, and Bill was like, Who, what does that accomplish? I was like, people will laugh. <laughs> We'll have a great time. And he was like, um, maybe not. I was like, okay. <laughs> uh, I've, I've watched Fast Eddie for, for shoot walk into walls that he couldn't see that was there. <laughs> uh, but then he could do a fall away slam and a moonsault at the same time off the top rope. And I'm like, <laughs> what world am I living in? I'm going to watch that. I'm not going to let that happen to me. But <laughs> yeah. I'll, man- I'll manage the crap out of that. That's amazing. But yeah, not Fast Eddie. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, no, it's okay. You know, you couldn't find details, and I was like, "All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get to the bottom of Sal Renaro tonight." <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and uh, so I just like found this list on you know whatever site, and it was like names you've done. Speaking of being a wrestling nerd, uh, earlier we were talking about the magazines, but also based on your Instagram, you have more wrestling T-shirts than anybody else alive. Well, yeah, I love them. Well, so. Uh... It's funny because I had seen, I think Kyle had posted a picture of him at the gym with a wrestling shirt. And then Shane Hagedorn replied with a picture of him with a wrestling shirt at the gym. And I just happened to be at the gym while all of this was occurring. And I looked down and I was wearing, you know, whatever, a Macho Man shirt or whatever. Right. And I was like, well, I mean, if it's a game, game on. <laughs> <laughs> So I thought it was going to be a one shot, you know, like, here it is. Hey, guys, I'm, I'm cool, too. This is I'm literally getting my 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 toes wet in the Instagram world with this. Like, this is like my second post. The first one is a picture of my daughter and Ariel. Right. <laughs> you know, and the next one is, you know, me and Macho Man shirt. Like, hey, I'm cool. Somebody love me, please. <laughs> 
And so, like, the next day, Kyle's, you know, back at the gym, wrestling shirt. Okay, okay, you want to do this? We can do this. And then it just escalated, and probably only to me. But I was like, I'm not getting trumped. Nobody's doubling up me. I've got, like I said, I, I love wrestling. So, by proxy, I've gotten... I have a ton of wrestling shirts. Plus there was a time from, uh, so I started doing TNA merch. I worked for the TNA merch from October of 2012 till February, March of 2014. Uh, and so, you know, I would go on the road with them and, and I was, I was selling merch at the stands and every loop I would come home with six new shirts. <laughs> so, uh, uh, I mean, w- w- what am I going to do? Not bring home a Taryn Terrell shirt? Of course I need a Taryn Terrell shirt. Who doesn't? <laughs> right? It's just human nature at this point. What's my Christy Hemming shirt going to do if I don't have the Taryn Terrell shirt? It would be <laughs> foolish. <laughs> was this during uh, Mellow time? No. So Mellow was uh, my my first run in Ring of Honor. I feel uh, like that was I my- am- just screwing all of this up, Sal. Yeah, you didn't make the list. <laughs> uh, Mello was uh, when I was in Special K. Okay, gotcha. So, so yeah, so my first uh, my first ever ROH stuff was in Dayton, Ohio, and uh, I give credit to Jimmy. Jimmy Jimmy Ray was booked on the show, and he was just like, "Hey, man, I don't want to go alone. Will you ride with me? I, I might be able to get you on." And I was like, oh, absolutely. I just happened to be wearing a Carmelo Anthony jersey. I walked in and Gabe, Gabe had recognized me from the wild side stuff. And Jimmy had told him I was coming. And he goes, hey, do you mind, you mind being a member of Special K? No, that would be wonderful. So uh, little to my knowledge that night, they had announced that Special, Special K was getting a, a, a new member, a new surprise member. So like they kind of played it off like it was me. Like, oh, what a letdown. But then the payoff was it was Abyss. Oh, nice. <laughs> Not so much a letdown. Yeah. Uh, but, like, I, again, I kind of thought this was a, uh, you know, I'm just going to do it because I'm here kind of thing. And I got to the bag, and Dave Prezak goes, well, what's your special K name? And I was like, uh, Sal? <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, no, everybody's got a special K name. We got Cheech and Cloudy. And, like, it's very funny to me because I – I didn't even know it was this. I didn't even know it was a term at this point. But like I've I've been straight edge my whole life. Like no, I've never I've never smoked. I've never drank. Uh, I just it's just never been my thing, you know. Because Hulk Hogan told me to say my prayers and take my vitamins, not you know. Smoke I'd had you beer. pegged for like a Grateful Dead guy or something. Yeah, right. But no, <laughs> they make delightful music. I just don't partake in the. <laughs> Right, right. But so, like, I'm trying, I'm reaching at straws here, trying to figure out, like, what is my special K name? Like, <laughs> I don't know the lingo. Uh, and I, like I said, I just happened to be wearing a Carmelo Anthony jersey. And I kind of, you know, I was like, what about Mellow? And they're like, yeah, that's perfect. Uh, so that's, that's how Mellow came to be. Nice. So, but your real name is, is Salvatore Renaro, right? Salvatore Renaro. Yep. Yeah. So like, are you, that, that sounds very like Italian or something. uh, My, my father was full blown, full blooded Sicilian, which like I tell people Italian all the time just cause like it's easier, but 
uh, I've been told like, Hey, if you said that around your dad, you probably would be laid out. I'm like, all right, <laughs> duly noted. <laughs> By the way, about the wrestling t-shirts, do you know one thing I can't figure out? Where did you figure out how to cut them? Because I try to cut the sleeves and all I know is to cut them like right on the seams. But you guys seem to have like this nice, like, well, I, I cheated. And so I used to do a lot of work with Rick Michaels and, you know, he's, he, he does some of the best gear in the world and he's, he does a lot of my gear and I can't say enough nice things about Rick Michaels gear, but uh, I used to help him put gear together and he taught me how to cut sleeves. Uh, Yeah. The trick is you find where you lay out your shirt flat and you find where you want your first sleeve cut. And once you make that cut, take the cut sleeve and put it on the other one and follow the pattern. Okay. I just blew, I just blew your mind. Really, yeah. That, that seems mind, really right? simple. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh no. Trust me. The first time I saw it, I was like, Oh, everything makes sense. <laughs> That's awesome. No, actually I'm just sitting here thinking about it. I'm like, why wouldn't I have thought of that? That's yeah. Yeah. No, it's right in front of your face. And yet I would have never in a million years have thought about it until I saw it. Do you DDP yoga regularly? I saw one of your posts, like you were talking about, you couldn't go to the gym, but you DDP yoga. You also, I'd say about a year and a half ago, I was about two and a half years ago. I bought, there was a sale on the DDP yoga DVDs. And I was like, yeah, and this is right. Cause I had gained When I started with TNA, I wasn't wrestling at all. So I put on a lot of weight. Like I got really big. Like, uh, the last time I weighed myself, it was 260. Okay. And it, was, it was not a good 260 in any way. Uh, but then, like, I'd say two or so more months passed before I was like, I, pro-, you know, uh, my ex-wife, uh, she was like, we're going back to the gym. I didn't even have a choice. She was like, we're going back to the gym. But there was two months in between me weighing myself that last time and then. So I, I, I just assume... I got up to about 265, 270. Okay. Uh, so we bought the DDP yoga with the thought process of, oh, we can we can put it on our laptop, bring it to the gym, put it on our laptop and do it. There's like our gym has like a grass room where like, you know, football players can train or whatever, but it's usually pretty empty. So we were just going to bring the laptop and we'll do the DDP yoga there. We got to the gym that first day and realized our laptop doesn't play DVDs. So then the, the DDP yoga DVDs went into a nice little dusty hole for a long time, <laughs> never to be touched. Uh, well, one day I was at the gym about a year and a half ago and I was doing uh, bent over rows and I felt this sharp pain in my back and I dropped and I was like, oh, and I like army crawled <laughs> to, a, to a little quiet place by myself so nobody would judge me. And I was like, I'm going to die. This is the end of me. Uh, and I finally willed myself to the car and got home and I was just like, Oh, this is awful. Uh, and I, I just, I, whatever it was, I just pulled something really bad in my back. Right. I went to the, I went to the, I went to a doctor and he was like, yeah, you probably need to stay off the weights for about two weeks. Well, this is now I'm in full, like I'm trying to lose weight, you know, like I'm getting confidence back. Uh, I don't want to. I've always told people like the hardest part of going to the gym is going to the gym. Like I've never, I've never pulled up to the gym and you know, parked and been like, you know what? Not today. Right. <laughs> I'm leaving. But like, it's just the process of 
once I get home, like, oh, I don't want to go anywhere. Oh, that's 100% true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but, and so, like, and the doctor was like, yeah, you probably shouldn't go to the gym for a couple of weeks. And I was like, ah, I don't want to break that habit. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm finally in a place where I'm comfortable. And I was like, well, what can I do? And he was like, well, you can still do stretches and stuff. And then the light bulb went off that I had the DDP yoga. So I was like, all right, cool. So I started doing that. And uh, I do it about, I would say I, I use it at least once a week, one of the different workouts. Right. Uh, and I've actually been doing it a lot more since I broke my arm just because I'm, I'm supposed to not lift weights at all. Shh, don't tell my doctor. Right. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's I, I will say I, I love it. I can't say enough good things about it. I, you know, shockingly pro wrestling for 20 years. I used to have a lot of lower back pains and uh, I don't anymore. Like they're just gone. And I, I love it. I think it's a great I definitely it doesn't fit me. At, like I couldn't just do the yoga because I I've got, you know, a TV look I have to uphold. Right. Uh, but for a supplemental workout or especially on a day where I, I've got I, I'm a single father of three. So like there'll be days where I get home and my daughter's like, hey, daddy, I've got homework. And my middle son's like, hey, daddy, I've got, you know, I've got a project to do. And my my older son's like, hey, you know, I'm a teenager, so I don't want to talk to you. And I'm like, no, you actually have to talk to me for five minutes a day. <laughs> Once I get through all that, you know, I was like, oh, it's already 830. I probably need to start dinner. You know, So, like, I can't make it to the gym on those days. So it's a great supplement to have at the house where I can be like, all right, let me get this 30-minute yoga in. Uh, plus, I also love just the way he, he – speaking of positivity like we were earlier, right. the, way, the way Paige goes through the workouts where he's just like, hey, man, if you don't have it, you don't have it. You know, the just try. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, just try. That's what I'm gonna do today. Uh, it's 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 just nice to know, like, oh, I'm not the only person messing up constantly. Thanks, DDP. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good, <laughs> man. He's he's uh he's definitely good. I I asked about it because I actually have the the DVDs too. So I'm okay, so with... so you'll appreciate this. You know, uh, Garrett, the guy, the red headband guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I ran into him at a raw a couple of years ago and I was like, Oh my God, dude, you're you. And he was like, Oh my God, dude, you're you. And I was like, Oh my, did we just become best friends? You want to go to the garage and practice karate? Like, what? <laughs> yeah. And so I talked to him, uh, I, I talked to him off and on, uh, and he's a cool dude, but it's just like one of those things like, man, this is awesome. I've got an in at the DDP yoga. Oh yeah, man! I got sold with uh, uh, what's was the same Walter? Is that? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Walter, the the guy with the the paratrooper or whatever. Yes, yes, yes. Oh my God! I mean, how could you not? What a story! Yeah, no, that's awesome. All right, masked flipper number eight. Okay, so uh, speaking of cabanas, so we were doing a thing down in FIP where I can't remember all the details, but long story short, Cabana and I had to wear hoods again. <laughs> Here I am under a hood again. Right. To uh, maybe, maybe, I, maybe I should look into that. Am I not as pretty as I thought I am? Um, <laughs> why is everybody covering my face? Uh, Cabana and I had to dress up as the masked dippers to, get a, to, to beat the Heartbreak Express so we can get a shot 
at the FIP Tag Team Championships. Okay. Good news. We did it. We did it real good. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. History was made. I heard Monsoon yelling it in my head. <laughs> the irresistible force meets the immovable object. Absolutely. <laughs> What's the deal with the one braid you've got on power? So, uh, I, I'd i say about tw- the end of 2017, I kind of wanted to take a step back because I... I've just been Sauronaro for so long. Like I have character, but I'm a character, but I didn't really have a character, like either as a heel or as a baby face. I was just kind of me, you know, silly, obnoxious, funny, uh, as a heel, definitely more full of myself, but I didn't really, I kind of just was there. At least it felt to me like I wasn't doing anything distinguishable. So I kind of got into a place where I had pitched an idea at NWA Anarchy where I was like, what if I just go crazy and completely lose my mind and start doing nonsensical promos and I start singing and I start laughing like I'm just a crazy person. One day while I was kind of developing the character, I was playing with my hair in the mirror and I just put the side, I just put a side ponytail in. And I was like, you know what? I don't know many guys doing this. So I, I, the best part of one of my favorite things about being a dad is I like to see the world through my kids' eyes. Right. Especially when it comes to pro wrestling stuff. Cause you know, I've been around it, you know, 30 plus years now. So like, I kind of know what I like and I kind of know what I don't like, <laughs> but uh, I love to see the world through their eyes and see their opinions. So uh, I put the, I put the side ponytail in and I, I turned the corner and my son was there. Who's the harshest judge in the world. He goes, what are you doing? I was like, I don't know. I, I was trying something new. And he goes, you look crazy. I was like, that's absolutely what I wanted. Thank you, son. <laughs> so uh, I, I just started doing it kind of as a tribute to him. Uh, and, uh, and then I just, you know, and it was one of those things where it's different, but it's not, it's something I can do at the drop of a hat. It's not like, you know, like I'm real big on. So like, even as a kid, like two of my favorites were Macho Man and Rick Rude. Because they always had different outfits. Right. So, like, I'm real big on trying to always have different outfits and have different looks. But, like, this is something I can do that's different, but I don't have to spend, you know, I don't have to drop 250 bucks on hair ties. You know, like, I, I can braid my own hair. I can put the side ponytail in. It's something that, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm big on looking at big picture. If someone were to make an action figure of Sauronaro, what in the what when you're walking down the, the toy aisle at Walmart, what would the average kid, you know, what what could I do to make the average kid want my toy over Buzz Lightyear or the Incredible Hulk or, you know, whatever. Uh, so this is just something where it's a different look, where it's it's, it's kind of unique to me. That, that makes perfect sense. Like speaking of your kids, like are they are they into the wrestling and, and that sort of thing? Well, so my, my eldest, Brendan, I don't think you know, he's he's not really into it. And I've I've kind of psychoanalyzed it as he was the first. And when he was born, when he was a baby is a lot of the time I was on the road. Right. So I, I kind of think in the back of his head, he's like, I don't like wrestling because that's what took that away from me when I was younger. OK. Uh, my nine year old son is Sauronaro Jr. 
it scares me. Like he's 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 everything I was as a kid. Like, it, but with with you know internet access. So like I gathered all my news from Aftermath. You know, so once a month I felt felt like the smartest wrestling fan on the planet. This kid comes home and drops knowledge on me every single day. Like he gets breaking news before I do. A great example is you know whenever like December I walk in the house and he goes, "Hey, Dad, Luke Harper got released." I was like, "Come on, man, that can't be real." He goes, "Yeah, Luke Harper got released and the Ascension." I'm like, "What? No, what? How do you know this? Who are you talking to?" <laughs> Have they have they managed to turn you know you were talking about viewing the world through your kids' eyes? Have they managed to like turn you around on somebody like you wouldn't have uh, well, been in favor of before or like? Well, they, well, it's funny just because like so like there's not one person, but like I'm real big on if there's somebody I don't like, I don't like to express that to them. I kind of just like to get their feedback because I'm I'm a big believer in uh, pro wrestling's got my money. Like I'm gonna buy the pay per views and buy the toys and buy the like you know, they, they're not they're not hunting for me they've already got me right demographic they want is 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 or my kids so I love just to get their opinions unfiltered uh, and like Jacob my my youngest son he's such like it's amazing the stuff that like he he'll hold on to stuff a lot longer than me as far as like. So, uh, Xavier Woods is a real, real good friend of mine. Like I helped kind of break him in to wrestling. Uh, you know, like I'm the one who kind of coached him through, like, this is how you get booked at WWE for extra spots. And like, you know, like we, we've talked for hours and hours of different ideas. He could pitch to Vince and blah, 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 blah. So like at my house, he's uncle Austin. Like he's not like, it's, it's still weird to me to call him Xavier Woods. Like he's just it's just Uncle Austin. So Jacob knows Uncle Austin. It's not like this is just some foreign person he doesn't know. When New Day were heel, he hated them. Just despised them. I'm like, dude, that's Uncle Austin. Like, come on. And even after they turned, he was still like, I'm not letting this go, Dad. They're not good people. I know this. <laughs> like, come on, man. And it wasn't until it was it was probably six months after they had turned babyface, they did an eight man on Raw where they teamed with Cesaro. And for whatever reason, he was like, you know what? They're not that bad after all. <laughs> That's what did it. Teaming with Cesaro. I could have had this. I literally could have had this happen at our house, son. Like, yeah, no, he just he'll he'll hold on to a grudge, man. He just came around on Rusev maybe two months ago. Nice. <laughs> and like, I'm I I've been pro Rusev for a long time, not just because he's really good. My buddy, because like I used to get before I got on Twitter and Instagram, I have uh, my my good buddy Michael Stevens would fill me in on stuff so like the night of the rumble where rusev stole the tv this is like two this is when they were still in the uh what was that group with him and barrett and uh league of nations yeah the league of nations yeah so he stole he took a tv monitor and i remember watching it thinking what is he doing with this well that night he had posted this McMahon wanted me to make history i'm the new tv champion oh my god and i was like this is the best person that's ever lived <laughs> I love Rusev. So I've, yeah, I've been on Team Rusev ever since then anyways. Uh, 
So I've always been like, yeah, no, come on, man. Rusev's not that bad. No, he's the worst. He's the worst. He's the worst. And it's literally within the last couple of months. He was like, you know what? Rusev's not, the, he's not that bad. It was actually, it was at Starcade. I took him to Starcade this last year for his birthday. And uh, Rusev came out to interfere with Bobby Lashley's match. And he's like, yeah, Rusev. And I was like, what? Where'd this come from? I promise I'm not going to try to keep you forever, Sal. I oh, no, you're you. fine. You're fine, man. Um, Sal Del Rio. So I had been working at Wildside for about a year at this point. And uh, I got the call from Bill like, hey, Burt Prentice wants you to work in Nashville. And I'm like, oh, yeah, man, the fairgrounds. And, I mean, this is before TNA, you know. And, and But, like, I, I – at the, you know, you know the fairground. You knew you knew the national fairgrounds. Like that's a big deal. So I was like, oh yeah, that's awesome. So it was a Thanksgiving show. I was teaming with Seth Delay against uh, the the Lost Boys, uh, who we were all. I mean, I was part of that wild side. You know, we're not we're not even close to twenty crew. And so we go and we don't do a Nashville Memphis style match. You know, we kind of do our match, but. Burt was big on locker rooms being separate. So we didn't talk about the match in the locker room. We just kind of went out and did it because we've done it 800 million times. So we're, so we're kind of just calling the stuff we like to do. So like from a psychological standpoint, that match is probably a train wreck, but like we, we were doing high spots that nobody else there were even close to doing because they couldn't even talk to each other. You know, they were getting messed. They were getting finishes sent by referees. So, uh, and you know, we're out there doing, you know, knuckle locks into, into lucha drags, into running this, that, and the third. And so we get to the back and Vert was like, well, uh, we're going to have to use you more often, but we're going to have to change your name. At the time I was kid ecstasy. He goes, we're going to have to change the name. And I was like, was yeah, what names on my list. Yeah. And we, we can circle back to that. Cause that's the whole story. Okay. But, uh, he was like, uh, he was like, what's your name? And I was like, Sal Renaro. He goes, yes, it is. Sal Del Rio. And I was like, wait, I'm, I'm, I'm not super fluent in Spanish, but that means salt of the river. <laughs> <laughs> Can I not be that? And he was like, no, I love it. And so I did maybe two more months of stuff with Bert. And then uh, he, he started trimming guys that were traveling. And I was one of the casualties of that. Well, by that point, Bill was like, because I, I was I was going to start doing Wildside more regularly again. And Bill was like, well, you're Sal Del Rio now, so we'll explain it on our TV. And I was like, how? And he goes, come up with something. So I was like, all right, let's just say I bumped my head. <laughs> I'll take some kind of goofy bump. I'll bump my head. I'll think I'm the Latin lover, Sal Del Rio. Except here's the twist. <laughs> the only Spanish I speak is luchador names. <laughs> and he loved it but bill's big thing was like well your english phrase can be because you're the latin lover your outline will always be i'll make your panties moist <laughs> like whatever i was like whatever man that's intense but i'm in so so i did about six months in wild side as sal del rio the latin lover uh but like i said all my promos consisted of me yelling luchador names <laughs> until the outline where did the uh where did the hand symbol come in i see in your pictures you've always got the the index finger bent like what yeah. what's that all about so you know carol Burnett's famous for tugging on her ear for her family 
And uh, that's that's what it is. It's if you break it down, uh, I'm holding up the three fingers for my kids and then the thumbs for me. And then if you maneuver my hand around, there's a B for my oldest, Brendan, J for my middle son, Jacob, and then an L for my daughter, Lily. Uh, And and it's kind of just a little, you know, like uh, I, 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 I just started doing it. You know, and the kids knew, and I didn't even mention it to anybody else. That was just kind of like my, my, my wolf pack two sleep thing. And then uh, I, I was doing a show, and some guy goes, "Hey, man, uh, promoter." You know, I, after the show, I get to the back, and uh, promoter's like, "Hey, man, you know everything was great except you can't throw up gang signs." <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you talking about? And it was like that hand symbol, man. Like, I don't know what gang that is, but like. Uh, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't want any problems. I was like, buddy, that's the Renoro gang. Yeah. <laughs> Only problem you're going to have with that is if you don't pay me. Like, <laughs> I love that. That's even a better story than I thought it'd be. So that's, yeah, cool. yeah, no, it's, it's, it's for the kids. No, that's, that's, that's cool, man. I, I think that's a, a thing uh, people appreciate knowing about you. You're just this single dad of three. And so you're like in between things like making dinner or something. Like that. Yes. That's 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 kind of cool. Like the um, where uh, speaking of dinner, then Sal the Pizza Boy. <laughs> so it 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 that one pops me more than anything because that literally was a one off. It okay. I've I've been haunted by this Sal the Pizza Boy thing since I've done it. It was for real. It was never intended. Like I I was I don't think I was ever even called Sal the Pizza Boy. <laughs> Somebody saw it was like to the Wikipedia I go. So in Wildside, Jimmy Ray was working an angle with Tony Mamaluke. And this is Mamaluke, like, we're talking O2. So he's not that far gone from ECW. Right. You know, where he's doing the FBI thing. And the, so uh, his whole thing was like, his, he hated the stereotypical Italian stuff. So the crowd would chant, we want pizza. He would get mad. Shenanigans would ensue. So, uh Jimmy was working a program with him and uh, for whatever reason, Jimmy Rave loved me and he was like, Hey, I got this idea, you know, I'll be blah, 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 blah. Mama Luke will get me in a submission. You come out holding a pizza. He'll break the hold. I'll roll him up. One, two, three. And in my brain, I'm like, Oh man. So I get pizza. Like this is, I'm getting a, I'm getting a bonus. It's not just a hot dog and a handshake tonight. Now it's pizza, hot dog and a handshake. Like I'm a king, you know. <laughs> so I'm like 100%, I'll be a pizza guy. So it, it was literally I walked out to, I walked down the ramp and to the ring. Mama Luke sees me. Jimmy rolls him up. One, two, three. He rolls to the floor. We eat a piece of pizza, and that was the end of it. There was never like, oh well, we could come back with it and sell the pizza boy and Jimmy Ray versus Mama Luke and and Guido. It's none none of that. Uh, and now it's forever like yes i can't tell you how many times i've had to answer for salvatizza boy oh my god all right so let's get into something else a little more serious than your arm dude what yeah what exactly happened with your arm so i was doing it's it was one of those it couldn't have happened at a worse time I was doing a shot, uh, my, like a, my buddy Michael Stevens that I referenced. We've been kind of back and forth about teaming for a long time. And the timing, we just, we were basically the Jim and Pam of 
Georgia tag team wrestling. We just couldn't get the timing right. Yeah, right? Like, every, right when I thought I could team with him, Roy proposed to him, and it just ruined everything. <laughs> so finally, we just, like, two months ago started teaming. Well, in the midst of that, I call him Marv. Well, he's done, like, three WWEs. If you go back and uh, watch when King Corbin got coronated, my buddy Marv is the one who coronated him. Oh, side nice. note, side note, I was also booked that day, but I had long hair. So they couldn't put, because I wanted, going into that weekend, we had kind of done the math and I was like, oh my God, it's the King of the Ring finals. Like, I just want to be the jester. I want to hold open the door like the Hardy Boys. Like, I just want to, I got to be a part of this King of the Ring thing. So we're at SmackDown and uh, Rudy, Dan Angler, the referee, was kind of, you know, hey, go over here. You're going to do this. You're going to go over here and do this. I was on standby for 205. And Rudy was like, I, I can't use you as an extra because you're hair anyway. So I was like, yeah, that's cool, man, whatever. So I'm looking over at my buddy Marv from across the arena, and I just see big saucer eyes. And I'm like, oh, no. So I kind of sidle over to him. I go, what's up? He goes, uh, two things. One, do you have a black jacket? I go, yeah, I wore a black jacket to the building. He goes, I need to borrow it. I was like, oh, okay, cool. What's up? He goes, I'm coordinating Corbin. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. You're the worst human ever. You can't have my jacket. <laughs> but yeah, so if you look at the coronation of King Corbin, yeah, that's my jacket. No big deal. But then he's carried Corbin's caravan a couple times too. So our big joke is, oh, we're basically Baron Corbin's best friend. So we had the ingenious idea of doing a double end of days as a finish. So I've got a, this show was January 18th. That following Wednesday, I was booked at NXT. That following Friday was uh, hard times. And then TV was Saturday, Sunday. So I had already told the promoter, like, hey, man, I can't I, I can't give you 20-minute hard-hitting ROH style match. I kind of got to look after myself just to get through this weekend. Like, I've got a lot of big stuff coming up. I can't get hurt. And he was like, no, 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 it's cool. It's an easy, it's just a squash match. I'm like, oh, perfect, great. So... My buddy Marv and I are you know, kind of just eating these guys alive. And we had walked through into days, double into days, probably 22 times. No problems. Uh, we get out there and the kid got gun shy. So when we're pulling him down for the face, for the face bump, for the finish, instead of just opening up flat and eating the mat, he hooked under my arm. So when we hit, it was his arm. And my arm right across his arm And then all his body weight on my arm Oh god And uh, I don't remember it but my buddy Marv says As soon as we hit I looked at him as calm as I've ever looked at him before And said Well I just broke my arm so I'm going to leave now <laughs> <laughs> Like it's kind of a blur I do remember standing in the aisleway, walking towards the back Thinking Not this week I got NXT on Wednesday. I've got pay-per-view and TV Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Come on, don't be broken. But I, I knew instantly, like, yeah, this is uh, this is gross. Uh, but even X-rays, it was crazy. Yeah, man, it's crazy. It's funny just because even even with that, like, even with all that knowledge on my head, like when I went to the doctor's office, the nurse was like, "You're the nicest person. You're the nicest." injury victim i've ever had in my life 
I was like, what? And she goes, she goes, I just, you know, most people are angry and, you know, blaming people. And she's just like, you're kind of just here. And I was like, well, I could be angry and that's going to accomplish nothing because this arm's still going to be broken as crap. Yeah. Uh, right when I walked in, she was like, uh, have you eaten anything? And I was like, oh my God, that's my problem. She goes, excuse me? I go, yeah, I've been drinking muscle milk, not bone milk. That's been, it's what caused all of this. Oh, if that I was it. Just been drinking bone milk. This break would have never happened. But hey, man, it turned into your uh, your lucky break because now you are BFFs with May Valentine on. Uh, yeah. You do all the all the vlogs. It, you know, it's really, really so. Like, I tell anybody that I've got to talk to about this, like this whole NWA run. So, like, just just side note you know just like my little footnote in history i'm the first ever match on power that's like, true yeah like yeah it, it's if you watch the very first episode of power it's an aldis promo at the stage and then you throw it to the ring and it's me and billy buck versus the dawsons so like uh i was kind of just cool with that like hey that's my little you know that's my little footnote like uh there's little things I consider. So, like, I was also the Young Bucks' first match on RO, at ROH. I was their first national television match. You know, it's little footnotes like that. And I'm like, that's cool. Like, I did that. Like, you know, not not everybody could say that. Uh, so, but I was I was very cool with like that's just kind of my allotment. I was, you know, I got to be in the first match of Power. Like, I'll forever be the first match at Power. Can't be taken away from me. And so uh, the next set of tapings, I was talking to Caleb Conley in the back and I saw Billy Corbin walking towards us and I kind of stepped out of the way because I knew like his, 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 he had the laser beams on us. And I'm like, well, he's going to go talk to the guy that's, you know, over and good. So I kind of take the step back to, you know, invite Billy in to tell Caleb whatever he has to tell him. And he does a total 180 and goes, hey, Sal, can I talk to you for a minute? And like I froze because it's like, what is happening? This is surreal. Like Billy Corbin knows my name. Billy Corbin wants to talk to me. Like what is happening right now? So after I broke my arm, the next day, the first thing I had to do was send out the emails to NXT and NWA. Like, hey, uh, total freak accident. Broke my arm last night. I don't know how long I'm out, but I know I'm not going to be able to you know do anything this week and uh nxt got back to me and they're like hey man get healthy and we'll bring you back it's not a big deal we hate to hear that you're hurt and i was like oh that's cool but it also stinks and i was expecting the same thing from nwa and uh i got i got the email like oh it doesn't matter be here we've got something and i was like oh that's that's super cool so i just figured oh maybe they'll throw me on commentary but like I'll get to do commentary with, with Stu Bennett and I can show that to Jacob and he'll lose his mind. So it's a win-win. But when I got there, you know, they're like, yeah, we're going to put you with May and, you know, we'll see what happens. And I was like, this is awesome. Like that's, I've, I've always kind of been a sidekick. Like I, I, one of my strengths is being the sidekick and bringing out the best in other people. And so like putting me with May is just like, it just plays to all my strengths. So, uh, like, I'm super stoked about it. And uh, just, like, I'm real – 
I, I love I love a good you know like you know I mean I can watch Brian and Cabana and yeah I mean all this I mean there's so many I love a good pro wrestling match but I also you know I've always been drawn in by the characters too so the fact that I'm able to do character work is such it's just a surreal and uh, I I'm totally like I'm still like on cloud nine taken aback that like. I, I even get this opportunity, you know, like I'm, it's, it's been such a very, very cool experience. And, uh, it's made me not so like this, this breaking my arm couldn't have been at the worst time, but it's also not made me as upset as it would if I completely lost everything. But yeah, like the, 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 the promo I saw, I, I got to do on, on, on stage, which my first thing when I walked into the, the the sound stage when I saw the setup was like I've got to do a promo at the desk. I don't know when or where or how or why. I just want to do one promo on that sound. I want I want to do it at the desk. I've got to do it on this desk. So when they told me like, hey, you've got a promo at the desk, uh, I still get I, I I legitimately get goosebumps just thinking about it. And what what I said was it was straight from the heart like. It's for real. If if I knew if I knew breaking my arm was gonna <laughs> put me in this position, I'd have broken an arm years ago. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh my god, Sal! No, I saw your I saw your post uh, about that, and yeah, and it's just um, it's so cool to me to see one of my favorite things is a guy who's been through as much as you've been through and doing what you're doing. That's awesome that you get to live this moment that. And, and I, I don't know if it for you, it just almost seems like one of those stories where it's like, wow, this is worth it. Like you're. Oh no. Yeah, no. And it, it's, it's almost like, so would I have liked to have gotten a contract at, you know, 25 and made, you know, whatever, whatever, and been a super duper star. Of course. Yes. But everything I've been through has gotten me to where I am now. And I don't know, like, I definitely wanted it when I was 25, I wanted it when I was 20. I wanted it when I was 30, but like, I don't know if I would have appreciated it as much as I do. I I couldn't be happier with how everything's kind of lined up for me, you know, and everybody has their struggles. So like, I think, and, and that's the one thing about like, when I got to, I took that screenshot of me on the stage. I was like, this is something I actually want to put out on social media because like, I, not only do I want everybody to know that I genuinely appreciate getting this opportunity, but like I, I do it with my kids, but I think I can reach other people too with this platform. And it's that like, you're going to get knocked down. I think it was Rocky. You know, it's not, you're going to get knocked down. You'll get knocked down. It's not getting knocked down. It's getting back up, you know? And like, I've spent a lot of time. I've, I've been knocked down a lot, but like getting up, every time has been worth it like nwa like legitimately is it's a hot brand it's a fun brand like it's got its audience and like they accept me like i uh when we did the 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 segment where i was in the crowd with with may during aldis and royce versus the rock and roll if if you go back and rewatch that the outshot is rock and rolls in the ring and the crowd is chanting sal and like that's 
what is happening? You know, like Ricky Morton, one of the all-time greatest wrestlers in the history of ever. Robert Gibson, like we're looking at quite possibly the standard, like the, the, the tag team. Like you can't go through anybody's best all-time five best tag teams and not have a rock and roll mention. They're in ring. They're visible. It's not like they just saw them a couple weeks. They're standing in front of these people and they're chanting Sal. What? (laughs) It's almost not real. I genuinely feel like, man, this this could be my lucky break. And it stinks because, like, I miss the gym. Uh, I don't get to go. Even when I go, I can't do as much. Uh, I mean, it's just, uh, I just went back to the doctor last Friday and we did x-rays and I mean, the bone's still not completely healed. So, you know, it, it, that, that's killing me. Cause like, you know, I'm it, mentally, I'm ready to go tomorrow. Right. <laughs> you know, like, Hey, Hey bro, we, you know, I got towns to make, let's get it. But, uh, I, I know I've got to be patient, but it's, it's such a paradox of like, Everything is heating up for me. I can't do anything. But, it, I mean, it truly is. Like, man, right now, everything's just icing on the cake. I'm stoked, man. And, like, and I get to, like, I love getting to work with May because she's so new to the business that she's not jaded and she doesn't have, like, her agenda. She, you know, like, she genuinely just wants to be the best that she can be. So, like, that's that's super cool to me that, like, they kind of put her under my wing to help. They're like, yeah, please. I'm, you know, let's go. Let's make, let's make some magic. And Royce has a great mustache. So it's win, win, win. I I was going to say, I mean, the worst thing that I've ever done in, in the entire time of doing this podcast is that I have, I double booked myself tonight. And, I actually have another interview right after you and I did not realize we would talk as long and I would have so much more to ask you about. So I'm hoping we can, we can do something again soon. Absolutely, man. I appreciate that. Um, because I have right after you, oddly enough, I'm talking to Royce Isaacs. Send him my best. I I will do that. And I'm give give him the biggest verbal sour hug you can. I I will definitely do that. I will make sure to start off the interview, which I'm sure will uh, go swimmingly. Yes, yes. <laughs> if I start that way. The other thing is, is like, I mean, I don't think that there's any better way to like leave a message than what you just did, just that 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 story. And uh, so so tell everybody where they can find you online and everything. Okay, well, uh, I have to I have to remember it now. Uh, my my Facebook is Sal Renaro. Uh, my Twitter handle is at Sal Renaro. I'm the, just the cleverest, aren't I? That's perfect. Uh, and my Instagram is Sal underscore Renaro. The spelling on that is R I N A U R O. A lot of vowels. Pat Sajak loves me. <laughs> but yeah, feel free to throw a follow or uh, send a message, or whatever, man. I like this thing is like I remember being a kid and being a fan. So, or, or and by kid, I mean you know, thirty six. 
And <laughs> so like, well, look, I, I'm not kidding, man. People asked for you. So if, if we can do it, I mean, I, I'd, I'd, I'd like this not to be the last time we talk. I've, I've had a blast just sitting here talking to you right now. Oh yeah. Just let me know. I got all sorts of stories we could delve into. I, I'll just, I'll leave this cliffhanger for you. So you'll have to bring me back. Okay. Perfect. Who wasn't supposed to be in the ring when Ricky Morton was celebrating after his match with Nick Aldis? Who wasn't supposed to be in the ring? Who was not supposed to be in the ring? Who crashed that party? You'll have to find out next time. Oh, my God. I can't wait. We're going to have to schedule that. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much, Sal. I appreciate you, buddy. Oh, no. Thank you, man. I had a blast.